Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. So you're getting up at 4am on Sunday. Tell us exactly what you're doing. You're getting up at 4am, where you're driving to and from. So get up at 4am, um, unpack the garage to get everything out, <laughs> load the car up and up to Coolum to join the Sunshine Coast team and to get ready for the beach clean, ready to start registering people at 7.45. 7.45. At that point then, you're trying to get volunteers or you know the public to come and help. Are they all sea shepherd volunteers like you or you're trying to get the public to come in? The whole idea is to educate people. You know, we'll have we'll have 10 or so Sea Shepherd volunteers that'll come. One of the volunteers' favourite activities from, from my perspective, from the, from the volunteers that I deal with, they love getting out there and being able to talk to people and clean up their favourite spots. You know, everybody loves a beach or in Brisbane, a river, and they want to get there and they want to go to these places and see them clean, you know, to walk away from some of these places and see how they clean they are. Or you have the locals that come past and say, oh, I don't know why you're doing this, it's spotless. And then mm. an hour later, we did a clean up at Noosa, which is extremely yeah. clean up there. And yet we still got 90 kilos in one hour out of the woods. Out of the woods. And it was all single use. It, it was yeah. basically all takeaway, slurpy containers. But, you know, that, and they're a very proactive council. Yeah. They're out there cleaning. But doesn't matter what you do. If people are still going to litter, it's still going to continue to be in there. So the biggest and best way to make change is by educating them and, and then seeing people and their friends and then their friends going, hey, why are you doing that? I just, you know, I just joined a beach cleanup recently or listened to a podcast or I'm trying to make a difference here and you're throwing something out the window that you could mm. just as easily walk two more metres, put it in a bin and guess what? If there's not a bin, put it back in your car and take it home like you you bought it there in. And it's worth noting, like you say, 90 kilos and, and that seems like, you know, I guess my weight type thing, but to clarify, 82 kilos of pure muscle uh, <laughs> and hair. You're a but 90 kilos of a very, very low density product is obviously an enormous volume. And Noosa is a, you know, we know it's a pristine environment, very active council, very green community. There's a plastic free Noosa, as we know, has been very effective up there to sort of progressively ban single use items, et cetera. But to still see that sort of volume after an hour of a bunch of volunteers, that for me is staggering. Yeah, definitely with the, you know, the containers for change has been amazing for us because. We were getting seven or so bags per cleanup and we're now down to half a bag for a cleanup. So it shows 
how successful those sort of campaigns could be. And, you know, if we could turn that to cigarette butts or Slurpee cups or, you know, encourage people by putting a levy on the producers of those Slurpee cups that, you know, when you take your Slurpee cup, maybe you take them back and every 10 cups you return, you get one free. I don't know. Mm. But if you monetize it in that way, that is a good solution. And I even went down and volunteered at the return at the local Bethania return at depot and for containers for change, spent a day there sorting the containers as they come back. And those people are so positive about it and they're in there sorting this as it comes through. But the success, you can be seen by the queue waiting to come through. So so there are solutions at work and they're simple solutions. You know, when I was a kid, it was 20 cents to return a glass Coke bottle and it worked. Mm. You mm. know, so for some reason, we seem to forget that for 20 or 30 years, but we're back to that. And if that solution can be applied to other areas, then that's a big step forward. I was driving the other day and I thought, and then I'll share it with you guys, but we're obsessed with bottled water pump and mount franklin and, and all those companies out there all making uh, you know however killing selling water why do we not put water in cans aluminium cans that can be recycled does anyone know on this call like, why do we not have water in recyclable cans no idea i don't i don't know how water's well, we need to get some on the podcast why are we buying water in the first oh, no, 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 no. convenience you're thirsty brad you're out you've done get some tap you know, carry a single-use bottle a multi-use bottle. Hey, hey we're trying to solve an issue here now what we prefer plastic or recyclable material people need a drink now great give them the drink it's called you know capitalism whatever why are they not made out of a can why do we not go bang probably cost I'd suggest cost. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a bit of a taste. Coca-Cola own Coke, but they also own pump. I think maybe a factor might be they like the idea of its clarity. So they think if if they're buying a bottled water, they can obviously see into it. Look, I'm only speculating, but it's a good point. I, I have no idea. Look, you touched on solutions, Graham, and obviously I don't want you to be doing cleanups for the next 50 years. You'll, you'll probably live to at least 120 on your plant based diet, <laughs> but, but I don't want you to spend the whole time doing cleanups. So what would you like to see changed? If you had the ear of the Minister of the Environment or Scott Morrison or whatever, what key changes would you like to see across the state of Queensland and or Australia to really address this issue? Yeah, I definitely think the single-use ban is going away, but, you know, is going towards it. But obviously with the single-use plastic bag ban, that hasn't done a lot. just means people get thicker bags. You know, there's nothing worse than you going through with your shopping and someone just grabs 20 of those bags that are supposed to be charged out at 10 cents each and Mm. they're not reusing them, they're gone. You go through the produce section, it's cheaper to buy a bag of potatoes. If you want to buy them singly now, you've got to pay more. So that plastic is being forced onto people. So I think excluding that option, I know myself, if I have to put something in a bag, I just go grab the mushroom bag because at least it's paper and put it into there. So I think those changes and the container deposit scheme. And then I think it's just education, but yeah, it's consumer driven. So we as a consumer can choose not to buy the plastic and to create change that way, but the producers also need to be held to account. Mm. And then there's the other issue of the fishing. We do see a lot of fishing gear, you know, we did we did two remote cleans at the start of this year in Queensland at Mulgumpen and Turkru and Ra, and both times we saw marine animals, turtle and a cormorant, trapped in a crab pot. 
which has just been littered in the ocean. So that's Mm. another side of it where it's killing our marine life with crab pots in particular because they're so cheap and they're not Mm. being responsibly used. So, yeah, we are seeing a lot of that. So more controls in place over that sort of areas. How do you make these plastic manufacturers held accountable for the plastic they produce? Well, I guess you could legislate a container deposit scheme on them so that 10 cents is... That's a huge question to ask Graham. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not not saying Graham has to have all the answers, but I'm just curious as to see what Graham thinks. Yeah. Going back, interesting, you said at the start of this podcast, Graham, a container deposit scheme for cigarette butts. And I guess touching on that, you're trying to find a business model because let's face it, Tomra, an amazing company. Who do we have on from Tomra, Brad? We had Rachel Draper and Claire Maudsley. Exactly. Beautiful company, Tomra, doing great things. But they're a profitable company. Yes. They're out there doing it, and they're also making money. So, Graham, to your point, what you're looking for is a sustainable business model to get rid of cigarette butts. And that's your answer, Brad. How do we stop this? You've got to find a sustainable business model to then get people in there invested to take it out. Well, yeah, look, you're talking about recycling, and obviously that's just one step below on the waste management hierarchy mm. of avoid. And I still maintain avoiding the use of these items in the first place would be far more effective. Hey, I agree, bro. I totally agree. Mm. But we've got a long way to go. We've got 8 billion people on this planet, you know. Yep. Behavioural change is going to take generations. Yes, that is avoid. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Avoid, avoid, avoid. But as a stopgap, there's got to be ways that we get there. Yeah, look, I, I agree. Look, I, I guess I'm probably just impatient. I, I actually don't think we have generations to spare to address this issue. No, we don't. We don't. I think from my perspective, this is the decade of massive action and it will need radical change. And we and the softly, softly approach just won't cut the mustard. Simple as that. So I, I'm actually looking for sweeping, significant changes. We can try and educate 8 billion people and try and encourage them all to, to recycle better and, and reuse more. But I still, from my perspective, the buck lies currently with the plastic manufacturers, they physically, from my perspective, just has to have to stop. They need uh, suitable alternatives. If they want to maintain uh, business operations across the planet, they need to jump on board or be held accountable. I've just finished reading a great book um, called Exposure and the Manufacturer of, of PFAS by du- DuPont and 20-year litigation case that ensued. And ultimately, they were held financially accountable to the tune of about $670 million US. Um, and... And that, for me, is that that might actually be what it takes to get these plastic manufacturers to be sued for the for the the damage that they're causing on the environment. And then, what what did Dupont do? What did what did three M do? The manufacturers of PFAS, they basically just stopped using it, stopped manufacturing it. That didn't need generations. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Just Jeremy's on mute. Graham, did you hear a sound effect during? Um, I, I heard that. I was thinking it wasn't your roof. It was. Can I tell you a, a big lightning bolt? <laughs> was that what it I was? I just had a mass. Yeah, I ha- I've just had a massive thunder. Well, I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm. I'm surprised you haven't heard the rain. It is absolutely pouring rain down here in where I am, and a big, uh, you know, those big thunder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to maintain my composure. <laughs> the whole sky is lighting up, yeah. and I'm getting crack and boom, and you know whatever. Right, we love the rain. We love the rain. We love the rain. <laughs> but yeah, look. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sure how much it back to that. And here's another one. What sure you guys can, can hear this? No, we heard it's, the first one. It was great. Yeah. Wow. Well, it certainly scared the crap out of me. That's for sure. But anyway, this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. <laughs> Graham, as you know, we're all about solutions and Brad's touch on yes. this. As a volunteer of Seedship in Australia... We've talked about what, what gets you out of bed, what motivates you, what keeps you going. You talk about the community environment that, that happens when, you, when, when you're together and you're doing these beach cleanups. But for, for the people listening and going, oh, should I, should I not? You know, what's your advice? How do we get more people volunteering so that we can, you know, sell more T-shirts, so that we can get the boats out there, so we can do, do better for the whole world? Give us your one on us. Yeah, I think it's it's come down and get involved. You know, I know the whole world's on social media now, but if you're not, you know, go to our Facebook, we've got Instagram or the website and, and come down and see a Sea Shepherd event and try it. You know, we've got these two more free screenings that are great. All our events are family friendly. To come down and join us for the day, you don't know till you try. It's a very positive event. We cater for everybody, so it's not, you know, there's no one that doesn't join in. We've, we have dogs joining in. We have everybody coming down and joining in. It's a, it's normally at a beach or a beautiful location, so there's no better way to start one of your weekend mornings and you feel better and then back to your day. It's, you know, two hours of your day. So kid-friendly, so I can take bread. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't discriminate if you have long hair. You're allowed to come. <laughs> What's the attire choice? Like Jeremy wants to know if he can wear his budgie smugglers and parade around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure up the Sunshine Coast that's acceptable. <laughs> Queensland. We focused a bit on the cleanups, but you mentioned briefly this beach cleanups you do in these very remote parts of Queensland. And obviously that was one of the movies that you show in this film screening event is Untrashing Julepan. For those who aren't familiar with, the, with that sort of work, do you want to give people a quick overview of it? Yeah, definitely. So we have our our public-facing beach cleans that we do. We've currently got 21 teams, so we're we're all across Australia. In Queensland, we've got Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sunshine Coast and Cairns, so we're we're right across Queensland. And then we're around every other state, so there there is something fairly local to people all the time. Um, So that's going on. And then we do more in-depth remote cleans where we'll go to a location where you wouldn't think there was rubbish a more beautiful remote location far away from cities and towns and go into, you know, whether it's someone we're working in in, in partnership like the Dimaru Rangers in Arnhem Land where we'll go and work in partnership with a ranger group, with Indigenous rangers and clean up an area to, to help draw attention to something that's sacred to them that despite their being two hours away from, from the nearest city or town, 
there's still plastic rubbish there. It, mm. It's a global solution that, that affects all areas. So we'll go in with the rangers, lend assistance to them, but for the last two years, unfortunately, due to COVID, we haven't been able to return mm. to finish what we started, which is very frustrating. But conversely, we've been able to do local clean. So we've done Mulgump and we've been doing that every year. So that was Morton Island. We'll go there, do that every year. We've done Turkru Ra, which was Peel Island a few times. We're looking at, you know, islands in Morton Bay and getting out there. And that's where locally we're seeing these sort of we're also, we're not only removing the rubbish, but we're looking at other issues, which has been the, the crab pot and the marine life tangled up in the, the discarded fishing fishing equipment there. The team in WA, they've been to Christmas, Cocos Island and Ningaloo Reef. So they're, they're looking at areas around them as well. And, and it's all very similar. It's these remote locations are severely inundated with plastic pollution. I've got goosebumps, mate, because I've been, while you've been talking, I've been thinking about what volunteering actually means. So how long have you been part of Sea Shepherd? Yeah, uh, five years. So I started in 2016. 2016. So off the top of your head, um, how many Saturdays or Sundays have you given up? Uh, Probably 200. So that's 200 days that you've got out of bed at 4 a.m., let's say. You've driven somewhere off your own bat your own money, you've got to feed yourself, you get there, you, you know, you're spending your own money, time, you're away from your family. It's a huge cost. And it just, I don't know, just speaking to you, your passion, the, the way you speak, I mean, you, you're an amazing ambassador for the organisation that is Sea Shepherd. But I just want for our listeners to go, well, hold on, it's, it's, it, you know, you throw out numbers. We, you know, we pick up 800,000 cigarette butts. We volunteer every weekend. People get lost in numbers. But if you go back to your day-to-day, people that are listening, so... Graham has got up on a Saturday morning 200 times out of his own back, paid for his own petrol, his lunch. He's gone up there and educated, done beach cleanups. And I don't know, mate, I just shout out to you guys because you're inspiring. You inspire me, us, and everyone else out there. So shout out to the volunteers, not only for Sea Shepherd, but for every other organisation, they get up and go out there and do good things. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of amazing volunteers around, you know, not only within our organisation. I've also been helping um, the Hooked on Talabudra Creek cleanup crew and they go out, you know, once a week, every week and clean up the Talabudra Creek Bridge from illegal fishing gear. You know, every week they're paying for air fills for their dive tanks, getting out there and keeping that area pristine for for all the users of that area. So, that, yeah, there's there's people out there trying to make a change. No, oh, it's amazing. It really is. It really is amazing. Uh, but just getting back to this, uh, the the remote beach cleanups you are referring to before, like if people haven't seen the movie already, you can obviously come to the uh, screenings, but Untrashing Jewel Pound, you can actually watch it on, on the internet. Um, but for people who haven't actually seen the footage, Graham, like we, we've obviously focused a lot of our attention on the single-use items and, and you mentioned the crab pots, but the... The fishnets that you guys pull out of these, out of the out of jewel pond in particular, is staggering. Like are they just, and they're obviously entrenched into the beach sand, and they're big days. Like Jeremy talked about the efforts associated with your volunteer work and your and your Sunday and Saturday mornings, but the 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 jewel pond job that seems like real hard work. That's big days in the blaring hot sun in the middle of nowhere, trying to pull netting out of the beach sand. Yeah, it's staggering. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty. It, it is it is hard work, and you know what inspires me with Jorpan in particular is we're going there and working there for two weeks, and then going back to our privileged lives with our air conditioning. But the Dimmeroo Rangers doing that every day, you know, and this isn't bought on them with the ghost nets in particular. You know, that's from the illegal fishing that we spoke about briefly on the, on the last mm. podcast where, you know, some might be lost but a lot are discarded because they're not supposed to be using those nets. And we've got to winch or, or cut them out of the sand and a lot of that is to do with illegal fishing. Yeah, it's a big problem. And it's worth noting that is actually one of, I guess, Sea Shepherd Australia's key focus areas. So you've, you focus on a few different things. I think it's illegal fishing, which a lot of people uh, look at the anti-whaling campaign, but there's obviously also a lot of illegal commercial fishing as well that you guys try and address. And I remember reading the book actually that you put me onto, Graham. Avalor Ocean, was it? Yeah, by um, Ian Urbane. Yeah. So that, look, thanks for the book recommendation, by the way. But I was amazed to hear the story, like read the stories of the Sea Shepherd Australia crew basically just following these illegal fishing boats just around the planet, basically just to be annoying, really, and just obviously to stop them from continuing on these illegal fishing activities. Brad, whilst, you know, you're a valuable member of Ocean Protect, if you want to go and do it, you'd be such a pest. I mean, that's, before, <laughs> that's what Brad does. He just goes around and does, does, it's annoying. He does, it's annoying. <laughs> Years of experience. Overqualified, possibly. Overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that that is it's one thing going on your Sunday mornings and picking up yeah. litter. These guys are yeah. giving up months and months on end to basically tailgate yeah. uh, these illegal commercial fishing vessels to stop them from doing it. <laughs> it's staggering. Yeah, I um, mean, there's a documentary on that called "Chasing the Thunder" that you can that you can watch, which is the longest maritime chase. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's amazing what people do and what lengths we need to go to to be peace yes. to create change. We talk about. And, and I'm going to, geez, I'll probably be scolded for this. But we talk about the vegan movement and we talk about angry vegan and we talk about the marketing message and going, hey, well, that's not really working. But really it might have because without being angry, then you didn't get, you know, the other people coming through. So angry vegans came out and made a statement, that, you know, slaughterhouses or whatever. So they put them at least on the map, didn't it? You know what I mean? So without a bit of pestering and a bit of... You know, where do you get to? So, the angry vegan movement. You've heard it here first. Jeremy has given you kudos. So well, well done. Well, it creates change, doesn't it? You need a bit of that to go through and then you need a good movement coming through with obviously brand grandma. Yeah, and to the point I made before, like we do need a, a massive rapid change and it takes all sorts and, and, look, it does need angry people. It needs extroverts, introverts, and everyone in between. So, And on the topic of illegal fishing, we're actually hoping to get your managing director of Sea Shepherd Australia, Jeff Hansen, on the show to talk about Sea Shepherd Australia's activities around illegal fishing. But but I, I think we need to land this plane, Graham, because I, I don't want to keep you away from your loving family any more than I have already on your day off from your, your trail building <laughs> job. But uh, on behalf of Jeremy and myself and the Ocean Protect crew and all our listeners and, and all the, uh, the the beings on the planet underwater and above water, thank you so much for all the wonderful work you do. You, you are a superstar and the Sea, the sea Shepherd Australia organisation and all the individuals involved really are fantastic. And all we can say is keep up the great work and I hope to uh, see you in person sometime soon. Yeah, it's, it's great to talk to you again and look forward to seeing you at our, our next screening at Sandgate. Sounds good. Graham, you're a legend. Sea Shepherd, shout out to you guys. You're, you're, you're awesome. Brad, as always, I'll see you next week. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. 
If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.